the the reason really to me that it's important for us to know about this and actually to access it is because of our soul plan. Because before we embodied, we thought, what patterns do I want to complete and, and, you know, really understand, learn, grow, and complete? We often call those karmic patterns. Or again, who do I want to support? Who do I want to, um, you know, have as a significant partner? Or who might my parents be? What do I want to learn from them? What ancestral lineage do I want to be born into? Because there's energy in that lineage. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and on the podcast today, we are diving headfirst into the Akashic Records. I can't believe I've been doing this podcast for almost four years. Next week, next month will be four years, which is so exciting. And I can't wait to share next week's episode with you, but I can't believe I've gone four years and I haven't had an episode on the Akashic Records yet. So I'm really excited for this one. And Lisa Barnett joins me today for this conversation. And she is an international best-selling author of From Questioning to Knowing, 73 Prayers to Transform Your Life and the Infinite Wisdom of the Akashic Records. And her third book, Awaken to Your Life Purpose, Understanding Your Soul Plan, will be available this fall. So stay tuned for that. She's also the founder of the Akashic Knowing School of Wisdom, where she has taught thousands of students worldwide to access personal soul wisdom and guidance to transform their life, working directly with their own personal Akashic record keepers. She's got more than 20 years of experience in spiritual healing. So I honestly can't imagine having this conversation with anyone else. We dive into really everything you need to know about the Akashic Records from what they are, how they can help us, how to access your records, the record keepers, what it feels like when you're accessing your records. I mean, I had so many questions for Lisa and she just answered them all. We talked about how the Akashic Records can help us access and understand our soul plan, why our souls come to earth. We talk about soul contracts and how our past lives affect our present life. And just just wait until you hear just how many past lives we all actually have, like on average. It's, it's going to blow your mind. Lisa shares with us her spiritual journey, when she received the calling to bring the Akashic Records to others, and why she loves teaching others to access their own records. Plus, Lisa shares with us what the Akasha really wants us to know about what it is we've been experiencing on a global, collective, community-wide level. She shares resources to help us learn how to access our own Akashic Records and just so much more. One of the reasons why I do this podcast is because I really want you to be able to live a happier, more joyful, and just ease-filled life. And so that's why I'm so happy to share that today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. The last year and a half, there is no doubt it's been difficult. And that's why I think now more than ever, it's important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. So this is how it works. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you're matched with is a good fit. And this service is available for people worldwide too. BetterHelp also offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network, so you'll get timely and thoughtful responses, and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too. So as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seek the joy. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash seek the joy. The link will also be included in our show notes. Lisa really teaches simple tools and she shares so many of them in today's new episode to really empower all of us to find greater fulfillment, happiness, abundance, and health. And she helps you align with your soul path, understand your soul contracts and complete your karma and vows through diving into your Akashic records. And I took so much from this conversation with Lisa, but 
more than anything, I think it really solidified this knowing and understanding for me that we're really here to learn and grow and we do so through different experiences and we're this infinite soul that is embodied in this human experience right now in this lifetime. And so understanding your purpose is really about tapping into your own soul's plan and what a beautiful way to do that through the Akashic Records. So Lisa, thank you so much for such a wonderful conversation. I'm so excited as always, really, I'm always excited, but in this, this week in particular, I'm super excited to hear what you think about this one. So make sure to join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. No matter where you're tuning in, hit follow so that you never miss an episode. And I just know you guys are going to love this one and make sure to come back next week for our four-year celebration anniversary episode. I've got some big news that I'm dropping, so make sure to stay tuned for that. And without further ado, let's dive into this one, all about the Akashic Records and how your soul really has a plan with Lisa Barnett. And what I love so much about your work, I mean, obviously you dive into the Akashic Records and helping people really understand what it is and how to access it and the gift of the records. Um, But I love this component about understanding your soul plan, because I think sometimes we, we forget that we're a soul having this human experience in this physical form and that we actually came here with a plan. So I would love to know, like, when did you have this realization or understanding? Like my soul has a plan, your soul has a plan. And and I want to help share that with people. Yeah. Well, you know, strangely, it's probably relatively recent that it kind of formulated in that sort of way. So I was three years old when I realized I was back in a body and I could remember not being in a body. And Mm -hmm. so I had this kind of uh, in, interesting juxtaposition in my little three-year-old brain thinking, oh, yeah. holy moly, what am I doing here? You know, and so I, of course, being human, you know, struggled with all of those things for a lot of um, my life. But when I started to access the records, it really came to me uh, just naturally. Mm-hmm. I was working as an intuitive psychic reader, energy healer, and I started to get this big booming voice. And I think, wow, that is the best information I ever got for a client. Like that was so much more than I, I don't think I was that really good of a psychic, but (laughs) honestly, I'm a great Akashic reader, but psychic, you know, but it wasn't like, it wasn't my niche. It was Mm. like, there was more for me to do. So they didn't want me to settle in. I'm just fine here. Right. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. um, so I get this big expansive information about past lives and, and, your soul contracts with people in this life and, and the ones that you had, you know, kind of the holdover from other lives and how our past lives in this life relate. Um, but it, it really wasn't until a few years ago when the record keeper said like, let's write another book, you know? And mm. I'm like, okay, what are we writing about this time? Yeah. And they were like, we want more people to understand really this truth that that you are this infinite soul having this human experience and you've had hundreds and hundreds of other human experiences mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and life is not random. Mm. So that means that before you embodied, you chose all sorts of aspects of your life, often your parents, the challenges they may be to you, right? The gifts and talents you want to bring to the world, the people you want to support and that are here to support you. So all of that information is part of what you planned. Mm -hmm. And so I think kind of as I started to write the book, it coalesced coalesced into a more concise concept, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And that's what they they said to me. They said, well, many, many years ago, um, they said to me, will you help us bring the Akashic wisdom back to humanity. And, you know, 20 years ago, not many people had even heard of the Akashic records. No. So when I talked about the records, people would, you know, their eyes would glass over. They'd be like, I don't think I know what that is, you know? (laughs) And, and so um, 
it was a big project, you know, when they asked me to help them, I thought, you know, you guys are nuts and <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sure. I'll, I'll do my best. I'll give it a shot, whatever, you know, I can do. I'm happy to help with, yeah. but, um, yeah. So, so they've said it's time now more and more and more people are conscious of what the Akashic records are. And now it's time to bring it more mainstream. And this is how they gave it to me so that it could make a lot more sense to a lot more people. Yeah. So when you say they, I assume you're talking about the Akashic record keepers. And so for anybody that's listening, they're like, like, wait, what are they talking about? What are the Akashic records and, and who are these um, record keepers? If you could break it down for us, I think people would love that. Absolutely. So The Akashic records are the recording of your soul's journey through the time-space continuum, right? We could get esoteric and go, well, there really is no time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not a timeline. It is a quantum field of energy where everything is always happening. But all those lifetimes, all of those characters that you play here on Earth that we see in different time frames works for our human brain, Um, all of those stories, all of those lifetimes are recorded in this energy, etheric energy of the quantum field. And they, the, this area, the record keepers uh, a long time ago said something like um, the Akashic records are stored in the information arm of source. Mm. So if you imagine, you know, sources, everything, and there is kind of a library section, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. then that's where your Akashic records are stored. But everyone has their very own and their very own librarians. So Mm -hmm. you've got a library filled with thousands and thousands of books and, and beings of light to help support you, to understand those books, to pull out the ones that might be useful for you to read. Mm -hmm. And so that is kind of an overview, right? A kind of a human concept. The library with the librarians, I think works for us. Um, And then the, the reason really to me that it's important for us to know about this and actually to access it is because of our soul plan. Mm -hmm. Because before we embodied, we thought, what patterns do I want to complete and, and, you know, really understand, learn, grow, and complete? We often call those karmic patterns. Um, or again, who do I want to support? Who do I want to, um, you know, have as a significant partner? Or who might my parents be? What do I want to learn from them? What ancestral lineage do I want to be born into? Because there's energy in that lineage. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's gifts, sometimes there's curses, honestly. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and we pick them for different reasons. Yeah. I mean, I have always just been so fascinated with the intersection of your ancestry with your soul, sort of like the soul energy, the different lives and past lives and lifetimes and how that as its own sort of entity, for lack of a better word, intersects with the ancestral lineage or family that you're born into. And what I've really enjoyed and what has really resonated with me so much about the Akashic Records and what you just shared is you come into this human form with a plan, things you want to work on, understand, learn about yourself, express. Um, and you do that through connections and conflict or really good times with people. It really all serves a purpose, which goes back to what you were saying that nothing in life is really, is really random. But this idea that it's all energy, it's that information arm of source. And then you've got these librarians that are just in service of you. Um, I, I just think that is so cool because it, to me, it feels like it's more accessible. Like I'm not, like you and I are not sharing record keepers, you know, they're right. just for me and they're here to help me, you know, understand sort of the whys or the hows, which I, I feel are, are so, I feel like lately like in last year or two, those are the questions we have. Why and how? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And, you know, that is, I think, a big driving force um, for all, for most people. I mean, maybe not everybody gets there or yeah. has that experience, but, you know, I think that so many people have that kind of, why am I here, right? What is my purpose? Yeah. How do I do that? 
you know, how do I actually create what I want to create? And along with that concept is like, what are my gifts and talents? You know, what did I come to create? Mm -hmm. And so the interesting thing with the Akashic Records, again, is that there's so much information in there because you're really ancient. Mm -hmm. And I find, you know, I love to teach people to access their own Akashic Records because it's such an empowerment tool, right? To be able to go into your records whenever you want and ask, you know, everyday questions. Of course, we ask those big questions like, (laughs) help me understand, you know, why I pick this crazy family or, um, you know, maybe why I was put up for adoption or, Mm -hmm. you know, why um, my marriage didn't work out, you know? So there's really a lot of answers around that. It may be because you wanted to learn about that experience. I mean, that's really why we come to earth is to learn and have these um, challenging experiences teach us a lot. Easy experiences often Eh, not so much, right? Mm -hmm, You're not really mm -hmm. learning anything when you're just having a lovely day at the beach. (laughs) I mean, that's good too, but right. Yeah, no, it's different. I mean, I've really come to find that we are here to learn and grow as a soul. And so you learn and grow through conflict, through challenges, through relationships. Um, And I just think it's so interesting because you learn and grow from those experiences, but in some ways it sounds like those experiences are sort of not planned necessarily, but kind of carved out for you to have that soul grow so that when you transition and let's say you have another lifetime and you choose to do this again, maybe there are certain patterns or karmic patterns or relationships that you've, you've healed, which will allow you to ascend and move on to the next lesson. And I'm curious because I know there's so much wisdom in our individual Akashic records. I mean, how does that work in terms of, um, So we're in this human form now and we want to access our records to maybe get an understanding of a soul contract or a karmic relationship or something else in our lives that we're supposed to heal. Do the records give like direct guidance as to next steps to take? I mean, what does that, what does that really look like? Practically speaking, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so it's, I mean, to me, um, they are very, um, they're very clear. The way I mm-hmm. teach people is to literally have a conversation with your record keepers. No, not everyone is clairaudient. Not everybody hears, not everybody's clairvoyant, right? So we're not always seeing those images or pictures that they might be giving us. Um, many of us are very claircognizant, which really feels like, oh, I just know that. Mm. And I think for a lot of people, as powerful as claircognizance is, and one of my favorite gifts, it's probably the one that people um, are more challenged to trust Mm. because it's just this, like, I just know that. And then we're like, how do I know that? Maybe I made it up. Maybe it's not real. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that brings in a lot of doubt very often. Um, And some people are very clairsentient, right? We're really more feeling, we're more, you know, we get the emotions, we get the feelings, we even feel energy move around us. We can feel things clear or come into our field, but we don't have the clairaudience as much. We're not hearing, Mm -hmm. but um, when we can get into a conversation with the Akashic Records, they can give us very specific, clear guidance. And then really it's up to you to choose what you do with right. that guidance, right? right? Which is, which is how it always, right. how it always goes. You know, I'm so curious because not, it sounds like everyone has easy sort of access to their records, but I do know that wasn't there a time where the Akashic records were not accessible to humanity? Could we talk yes. a little bit about that? Because isn't it more recent that we even have this ability to, to access our records? Yes, absolutely. So About a thousand years ago, back during the dark ages, which was around, you know, 1000 to, I don't know how that long, 1200, 1400. Honestly, what is time anymore? Right. (laughs) Sometimes I don't know that we're in 2021. So, (laughs) so we go a thousand years ago. Yeah. People were the, the earth itself was actually in a very low vibration, Mm -hmm. probably one of our low peaks in history vibrationally. And that means that most of us were kind of out of integrity. 
there was not a lot of light here because really the if you look at the um the more astrological aspect of it which I don't really know a lot about astrology, but what I do yeah. know the yeah. dark ages were created because astrologically we were in really a dark place in the mm -hmm. connection to everything else. So yeah. right now we're in a much higher place because we're in more direct alignment to the galactic center, the galactic sun, to some really high vibrational energy that's now able to come in. But a thousand years ago, we were totally blocked from all of that. So people misused the um, access to the Akashic records. People had that access more easily, you know, kind of for thousands of years. And then as people used it for um, their own personal gain, right, to win a war, to find somebody's, you know, jewels or gold, the Akashic record keeper said, you know, we can't kind of let this go on. They're mm. misusing this, you yeah. know, tool. And so they pulled the energy further away from the planet. So it's almost, I kind of always like, you couldn't jump and reach it anymore. Yeah. So for us now, we need to raise our vibration to be able to easily access the Akashic records. Mm. And um, when they pulled it away further, most people could not reach that far. They could not raise their vibration high enough. So the only people who could still access the records were the mystics, right? The, right. the healers, the, the, um, the seers, the wise women and men. Yeah. So now is time because galactically we're aligned and we're moving. It'll be a while, but we're moving into another golden age. That's kind mm -hmm. of what like the dawning of the age of Aquarius is about. Yeah. It's about the alignment of the world. And I honestly believe, because I'm working on it even consciously, we are um, disconnecting, deprogramming, you know, clearing old energies, old stories, old paradigms, old um, from all these old vibrations, like the old matrix, we need to disconnect from it so mm -hmm. that we can lift the whole world up into a higher vibration. And yeah. that's kind of what going from the third dimension to the fourth dimension to the fifth dimension is about. It's really clearing that third dimensional trauma and drama and fear and pain so that we can raise our vibration higher and higher and we can really transform our world into a, yeah. um, a heaven on earth. Hmm. I, I think it's really interesting what you shared about this element of being in our own integrity. I think more of us are really stepping forward in that level of in integrity. And by what, what I mean by that is we are more excited or interested in this element of healing for ourselves so that it, it positively impacts others. It positively impacts the world and then future generations to come, which makes me think so much about this idea of your soul's path or understanding your purpose. For me, it just feels like the purpose is to really be here, to really get to know yourself on a deep fundamental level, to then be able to express what it is that you're here to express and learn and grow. And so I started having this idea a couple of years ago, which took so much pressure off of this sense of purpose, because you're right. I think you said this a little bit earlier. We are constantly asking ourselves, what is our purpose? What are we doing here? And when I have those thoughts, and that's really often when I feel very disconnected, I just continue to remind myself, I'm just here to be me and to learn and grow and hopefully have some fun along the way and make and meet great, make, meet great, great people. Wow, English is hard today. Um, <laughs> and meet great people along the way. Um, but I think there's such a hyper focus on this sense of purpose, because I think for so long, for generations, it feels like we were disconnected from that. You know, it was about um, survival. So much of life and lifetimes has been about survival. And I can't help but get the sense, hopefully as a collective, we're moving more so into expression as opposed mm -hmm. to just survival. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. And, and, you know, you're right. That's part of, um, you know, 
really the last many thousands of years of of life on the on the planet was really very much about survival yeah. and we've moved into a place where we have so much technology we'll be bringing much more technology i believe a lot of the new children who are being born are being born without karma and really are much more clear star seeds who will be like remembering and and helping to create new aspects to work with, you know, climate change and mm -hmm. the water and the air and really cleaning up the planet so that we can actually live and survive here, not just survive, but really thrive. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I believe that we're, you know, finally in that place. And again, some, everything is divine timing, right. When, yeah. You know, we look at these old patterns, but one of the most important aspects the record keepers have always talked about is really living in your own integrity. And with the Akashic records, that means you would never open the records of anyone else, right, without their specific mm -hmm. um, request, their their pure consent, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's part of kind of the out of integrity aspect that that people have often had. It's like, ooh, I can find out about that. I will. And now I can, I know where their gold is buried or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So as a humanity, really, we need to to shift our focus. And, and I completely agree. You know, back to community away from mm -hmm. me, 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 which, you know, became so popular back in the 90s and, yeah. and um, really back to community, supporting each other, um, you know, saving our planet, supporting yeah. our dear Mother Earth and, mm -hmm. and all of these aspects. But, um, you know, kind of back to purpose. What the record keepers often say is, is um, really your purpose is to do the best you can to work through your soul's plan. <laughs> so kind of so shifts good. it in a way, right? Oh because my God, yeah. Man, you've got, you know, 25, 50 soul contracts with people that you want to work through. And many of them are about support, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and those gifts and talents, you know, they're, they're not a job description, I did a reading yesterday and just lovely woman who really had been very plagued by ancestral lineage issues. And so we cleared a lot of that out and cleared a lot of the old really energy of curses, which is phenomenal um, how kind of prevalent it is in the world still. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but she was like, like, I need a job. What kind of job should I get? And it was interesting because the record keepers were like, you know, you're here to share your light. And what I'm hearing is doing something like, you know, working in a service business. And, and you might be a receptionist at a at a hotel or at a bank or um, work with preschool children. I mean, these were kind of the, you know, um, but somehow it's like she wanted me to tell her where to go and get that job. <laughs> like what website to go on, where to log in, what to right. sign up, how to apply. Yeah, I, I get yeah, it. But I love what you're saying. Will. Yeah. Right. We have yeah. free will. And and you may love children or, you know, I've said, you know, sometimes this preschool thing will come through occasionally. And this woman was like, oh, I love children. I don't know that I could get a job because I'm not a teacher. I'm like, well, you have to reach out and maybe you get a job and you volunteer a little bit and they like you and they hire you as the as the secretary or, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, it's a process. We have to step right step by yeah. step by step we have to take a step down that road not decide oh they won't hire me I'm not even going to call them right and mm -hmm. I think that's kind of that mindset is what holds us back so yeah it's just about being open yep right it's just about being willing. open it may not look like what you envisioned you may have some resistance but being open and willing to sort of walk forward and whatever the guidance is it sounds like because I've found this too I'll have moments where someone will suggest something to me either in a healing session or just in conversation with a friend and the resistant wall comes up. You're like, Oh no, right. I can't do that. They won't, they won't say yes, or I'll never get that job. But the minute I do say yes, which takes courage, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes you get in your own head and your fear and resistance and everything else in between. It's not so much that that thing they suggested worked, worked out, but it's the experience I had along the way, the people I met, what mm -hmm. I learned about myself. And for me, that feels like the nugget of wisdom. Like that feels like the gold is kind of what you sort of gain along the way, the moment you're sort of willing to say yes, which for a lot of us is uh, 
not always easy. You know, that first initial yes of like letting your guard down and allowing yourself to walk forward. Cause I, I I'm curious what you think too. I, I, I sometimes feel like the fear, the resistance, the anger or whatever emotion appears, that's actually what you're meant to work through to heal. Not so much the end goal. It's, it's really that emotional aspect um, that you're supposed to face, recognize, move through that you really get the biggest healing from. Oh, I absolutely agree. Yeah. And and that's, you know, these are these challenges. And then to me, a lot of times the excitement is, right, what happens serendipitously, right? Mm, so, yes. you know, you say yes. I remember the first, um, the first book, I was actually working on something that was more autobiographical. I had started it four years earlier. I had joined a kind of get your book done group. And the reason I joined the group was I needed a deadline. I I I work I was in advertising in production for 15 years. So I'm really mm-hmm. good with a deadline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if I don't have one, right? Forget mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So I joined the group because they had a deadline and the deadline was um a contest. And it was like, okay. Put a um, you write a, a a book. Um, I'm totally drawing a blank on on what they call it. Proposal, a book proposal. Yes, a book proposal. So it's not the complete book. You do a specific book proposal. You put your book proposal in by this deadline, and then there was it was a contest, and you could win something. And mm. I didn't care about winning. I only cared about getting the book proposal done. So while I was in that process, the record keeper said, "Write the second book," and I'm like, "What?" What, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm hard pressed to get one done. And, and so um, I asked, we, somebody asked the uh, coach, how many book proposals can you put into the contest? And she said two. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I, hands on hips. I'm like, okay, how? Tell me how. And they really mm-hmm. gave me really specific directions. Two simple steps. Call this person, transcribe this class, get them to help you. And I thought, oh, good. They'll never do it. They'll never help me. <laughs> so I'm totally <laughs> off the hook, but I was willing to call the person up and go, Hey, would you help me? And she said, you know, it's so funny. I was just thinking yesterday that it would be really cool to work on a, another book. I haven't oh worked gosh. on a book in a while. And I was like, she's like, yes. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Divine <laughs> timing. Wow. There it was. It's all the world orchestrates itself to step up when you step up. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we got the two book proposals in. And then the biggest shock was the fact that I actually won the first prize. Oh, and I didn't even I was not even, you know, like thinking about, you know, prizes at all. And I won an agent who got me a publishing deal. Wow. Which is so in line with what your record keepers were sharing with you about it's, it's, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. Wow. You just never know when something is going to show up and and come and come your way. So I've got some like fundamental type questions for you about the records that keep popping in my head that I realize I probably, we haven't talked about or answered for, for people. So the record keepers, are they souls that ever embody a physical or human form, or are they, are they just record keepers? Well, while they're record keepers, um, they're really pure souls that have never embodied. And so mm. um, the way the record keepers explain it is it's like we, we embody it and then we go on a journey and some souls go, oh, I think I'll go work in the Akashic library and learn more about what's going on out there in the world. Mm-hmm. So, um, they are pure souls. They have no judgment. They've never been human. They don't have any of our garbage, <laughs> which is, <laughs> I think, really super important to know because yeah. really the truth is, is that they're here to support you. They're pure divine source energy. Mm. They are pure love. And that's what it feels like when you go into your records. Because sometimes people are like, oh, I'm nervous. I'm afraid that I've been a terrible person or I'm afraid what they'll tell me. But the truth is they're just here to love you and support you and help you on your journey. No judgment. It's all about that pure love. Okay. All right. That's so fascinating. I guess the other thing I wanted to ask you is, so when you are in your records, 
when you're accessing your records, what does it feel like? Like, do, does, does it feel like, you know, how you and I are speaking to each other right now? <laughs> I, I'm just curious yeah. if there's um, a sort of shift in energy, maybe, yeah. maybe that's a good way to put it. Yes. It, it's a great way to put it and, and a great question. So, um, it's a process again. So I'm in my records now. I'm in my records most of the time. Um, I, if I work with a client, if I'm doing a one-on-one session, of course, I'm going to open their records and move into right. that energy. But I kind of live in that vibration. So of course, when I'm um, doing an interview, I'm kind of following their guidance, their input. And so, um, on, you know, so after practice for a lot of years, you can kind of live in that vibration. But for most of us, when we start, we have that experience. Sometimes we feel the energy shift. Sometimes it's kind of like a light goes on. You might imagine some kind of library or some kind of um, ancient guides. You might, you know, feel swirly energy, cool energy, heat. So people have very mm. physical um, sensations sometimes if you're really more clairsentient. Again, if you're more clairaudient, you might actually hear them speaking to you. Mm. So I always teach my students to, to um, ask questions and, and kind of get out of your own way and just write down your answers because we're not all clairvoyant. We're not, we are very clairaudient in a, um, most of us here in our own head with our own voice. Yes. So it's not like a big booming voice, right? So yeah. when we just write it down, we can be like, oh, I wouldn't have said that. I or don't said talk it that, that way. way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's very cool. I think it sounds like it's about really when you're in your records, trusting what you're experiencing, sensing, hearing, and just what you said, get out of your own way and write it down. And, and you, I know you talk about this in what's going to be your newest book and then in, in your other books too. So much of your work is about teaching others how to access their own records. And um, I'm going to point everybody, well, everyone listening, check out our show notes that has all Lisa's beautiful books in it. Um, but I know it's it's a process. There's a sacred prayer at the beginning. Um, you, you teach people to ask very pointed questions. Could we just give people a little bit of a sense of, of maybe what that, that is? Because it's very different from just getting on the phone with a medium or an intuitive and, you know, you give them permission to access or read your energy and then you sort of dive in. So this is a bit of a slight, I feel like it's a slightly different process, but very similar too. Yes. Yes. So, um, because we're going into this very specific, you know, information arm of source energy, you're actually having to shift into the quantum field of source. It's a very high vibration. So the record keepers have given me a, a simple five-step wisdom prayer system. Mm -hmm. And so we do set our intention to start with to be an open, clear channel for this light for our own Akashic information. And then the record keepers have given me a half a dozen access prayers because they resonate, different ones are going to resonate with different people. Yeah. We're very unique. We've lived in all sorts of worlds and dimensions. And so, you know, one prayer might not resonate with you where another one will. And so, um, I teach an online uh, workshop and we go through and we try on each of the prayers in the workshop and see which one resonates the most with us. And then we start to practice using that prayer. And it is very specific about asking specific questions for yourself. Again, I teach people to just get out of your head. I even teach tools, how to turn your analyzer off, how to get out of your head, how mm -hmm. to get more fully embodied, all, you know, creating boundaries. All these aspects are very helpful in being able to access this source vibration of the Akashic field. Mm -hmm. And so we do spend time in, in the workshop and, you know, asking questions. I have exercises every time. And then of course, at the end, we always fill ourselves up with our highest Akashic energy that we can hold because when we clear or move old energy out of our field, it's important to fill yourself up with your highest vibrational Akashic wisdom and light, your highest soul energy. Mm -hmm. So it's not somebody else's energy coming in, right? No, it's your own. 
yeah. always your own. So that's very important. So we have that as one of the um, steps and then closing and locking your records. So then you can kind of go on with your day and you're not mm-hmm. tired or spaced out. Yeah. So <laughs> Grounding, regrounding yourself in that moment after you've right. accessed your records. Thank you for sharing all of that because I think not only is the Akashic record something that a lot of people aren't familiar with, but this process of accessing your records um, is also something that for me, until I started diving in, I was like, well, what do you mean? How do I access this? And then it starts to make sense. There's this, there's this real process. And it sounds like it's a it's a really beautiful opportunity to to connect, to tap in. Um, and, and so much of it feels like it's about being present in the moment too, um, which so much of us need more of. So much more opportunity just to be present in the moment. All right. Last kind of like fundamental type question I want to ask you. Um, we've been talking about soul contracts throughout this entire conversation. Um, so could you just share with people like what are soul contracts if they're not familiar? And then do we have a certain number of soul contracts when we come into this physical form? Yeah. Good question. So I would say that most of us write 25 to 50 soul contracts. And some of it depends on, again, that whole plan. Some of us are more, um, you know, live a little bit more solo life, right? Some people don't marry or have children, things like that. So you wouldn't have those added on contracts. Um, Some of us really come to hold an energy and and live a maybe a little bit more of a hermetic or monastic type life. You know, it's not as common in the world now, but, you know, enough on a spiritual path. I see enough people doing that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But we write, you know, so the average person might write 40 or 50 contracts. And so we would write like a half a dozen or a dozen contracts for significant partners, because of course, remember you had your first, your first whatever uh, boyfriend girlfriend when you were in high school or in college, and then maybe you marry or maybe you don't. What you know, whatever you know goes on with your um, your life. But we want to have uh, a chance to find those people because we move around a lot, right? In the olden days, yeah. you might be born and die in the same village and never go further than 10 miles away. Whereas now, you know, we might be born in the United States and go live in Europe. One of my daughters is going to college in Scotland. I'm like, Oh, I hope she comes home, but who knows? She (laughs) might not. What if she, you know, she might marry somebody over there. She might have a soul contract with somebody who lives in Europe. Right. So, um, so we write a lot. Mm -hmm. We don't fulfill them all, but we do often fulfill, you know, quite a few of them. Many of them have karma attached, which means those are the more challenging relationships that we want to learn around. We want to understand that person. We want to understand our relationship. What is blocking us from connecting more deeply or seeing eye to eye, whatever our story might be. Um, And so we write quite a few of those because Again, our point here to come to earth is about soul growth. And that Mm -hmm. means we have challenges so that we can learn and we can grow. And then often we can share those gifts with other people. And so the good news is we also write many just support contracts. I'm here to support you and you're here to support me. And it's always lovely if that's your significant partner or your parent or your child, but Mm -hmm. it's not always right. So, um, you know, if we have like challenging parents, it's not because we've done anything wrong. It's because there is a lesson there that we wanted to learn. And the other thing I often see is that we volunteered to support those people with some of their challenges. So say you're born into um, a family of alcoholics, And you may have said, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be such a bright light that they're going to quit drinking so that we can all be together and be a happy family. And that may or may not happen, Mm -hmm. right? So, but we as a soul may say, I want to be there for those people because they're, say, maybe someone from my soul family 
that chose to have this experience. And it may go back further and further, right? The original experience may have been the mother had been abused by the grandfather. And so she took to drinking and blocking things out. And you said, I'm going to come in and help that woman who I love so dearly, that soul that I love so dearly. And so we may choose to be born into a family in that sort of way. Um, and, you know, sometimes to, to end something like to not pass that gene on, to not become an alcoholic ourselves, or, or not pass on the abuse that might've been coming down through that ancestral lineage. And so yeah. we step into challenges also um, really to be that, that person who transforms or transmutes that old energy. And so it doesn't go on any further. Mm, that is such a wonderful explanation. Thank you for that. And and I love what you shared too. There's soul contracts. There are also support contracts. And then there's ele- this element of karma too. Is there a certain number of like past or lives in general that it takes to move through specific karma? Like, is it hundreds? Is it 15? <laughs> right. I mean, is there like a, is there, is there like an average number? I think this is just so well, interesting. Um, I'm going to say average is something like 400 to 800 lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's wow. a big average, right? Huge. Which it's not 10, it's not 20. Um, and of course, you know, you're working through patterns, but yeah. we often will, you know, maybe we'll do some work around abandonment and then we'll have some really different kinds of lives. So we don't just work on abandonment for 20 lifetimes. We, right. you know, kind of it rolls in in all sorts of different patterns and, and often we'll have say, maybe I'm working on abandonment and abundance in this lifetime. So I've got some abandonment issues from my childhood and I've got some, also some money blocks from my childhood. And so I'm working on both of those aspects and some of, and, and so maybe we end up doing a lot of um, ancestral lineage work because Mm -hmm. of these two aspects. And maybe we end up doing a bunch of work around past lives where we took vows of poverty or we got killed because someone stole our money and they, you know, killed us in the process. And again, abandonment can relate in those same ways, past Mm -hmm. lives, um, you know, lifetimes where people died and left us, our parents died of the plague and we were left, you know, we were one, right? So all sorts of kind of interesting stories out there. We live, you know, crazy lives. So yeah. So for most of us humans, the record keepers say it takes most of us six to 800 lives to kind of work through all the stories and patterns and levels Mm -hmm. and layers. And really heal it. That we, yeah. Wow. Okay. I could talk to you forever. Like this has been (laughs) such a wonderful conversation and um, I just have learned so much and and just so grateful for this conversation and your time. I think the last thing I would love to ask you is I know you shared your, in your records right now, is there anything Mm -hmm. that the Akasha maybe wants to share or um, explain, or I don't know about what we're experiencing right now, this time that we're in, I think, yeah, I would love to know if that's something Absolutely. Yeah. Let's see what they want to share. They really have a, a, a message of hope. So what they're saying is, as challenging as the world looks right now, this is kind of a process of clearing and releasing the dark energy and dark patterns that have been here for thousands and thousands of years. And as that comes up, it needs to be seen so we can change it, so we can make new choices, so that we can, you know, become aware and heal it, you know, make new choices and move through it. So um, we're in that very challenging moment of seeing all of the, the dark, all of the messed up systems, all of the, you know, patterns that have been needing to be cleared for like I say, thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. So, um, but they're saying we're moving through. We are on a higher timeline. We are on a trajectory to really heal this. Might be 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea because again, free will, humans, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. we can, but it is really, you know, in really perfect divine right order. And they just really want everyone to know, um, just stay in your heart, stay knowing that we are on the 
perfect path, that we really are doing our work. And everyone who can do whatever, uh, whether it's meditate, you know, do some of these big group meditations are always powerful and beautiful to help us to heal the humanity, do your own personal work, learn to access your own Akashic records, move into the energy and the wisdom with us is what they're saying with mm -hmm. them and, and just kind of stay, stay positive. That doesn't mean we have to pretend and be Pollyannish, but stay positive and, and know that we really are moving, moving up. Mm. Thank you. Thank mm. you for sharing that because mm. I think it is about recognizing what we see around us, but allowing ourselves to maintain that level of hope, faith, um, our own practice within it, which will only help who won't hurt. So yes. oh, Lisa, this has been so good. I'm so happy you came on the podcast. So could you share with everyone where they can find you, learn from you, work with you, your books, everything, um, connect with you and just, and learn some more. Absolutely. So my website is akashicknowing.com. And I know you'll have this in the show notes, but you can um, find my online workshops, which I teach three times a year right now, usually September, February, and June, something like that. So if you're interested, check out my website for the next um, live workshop. And I also have home study classes because, you know, if it's December and you don't want to wait till February, you could just jump in and download the whole workshop and do it on your own. Um, and of course, uh, my books are on my website also, but um, they're also on Amazon. So you could look up, you know, Lisa Barnett and um, the infinite wisdom of the Akashic records is my how to book. It's a great place to start. If you think you want to learn to access your own Akashic records, you can read the book. There's the, um, I think three of the sacred access prayers. You can, you know, start to to do it and see how that feels for you. And then, you know, sometimes people are like, great, I get it. And sometimes people are like, I need a little more help and support. I add a lot more guided meditations, visualizations, tools in the live class, right? Easier to do than in a book. Mm -hmm. um, and the other great book to start with, I think for most people right now, is from questioning to knowing. Mm -hmm. It has 73 healing prayers to help you transform your life. So it's a great place to understand about our family lineage, why we pick these crazy families, how we can help to clear these old karmic patterns, how forgiveness can really help clear karma. Um, so 73 prayers, there's one for almost everything. <laughs> so. oh, amazing. Okay, so everything like... It'll go in the show notes. It'll be so easy for everyone to access and connect with you and learn more. And I mean, I've taken so much from this conversation, but it is really solidified for me. I think this knowing that we're here to learn and grow and that we're this infinite soul that just, you know, we're embodied in this lifetime and understanding your purpose in, in, is really about tapping into your soul's plan. And what a beautiful way to do that through the Akashic Records. So Lisa, thank you. This was really wonderful. Thank you, Sydney. It was a joy. Seek the Joy podcast is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created, produced, and hosted by me, Sydney Weiss. You can tune into all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're enjoying the show, hit follow and leave us a five-star rating and review. Make sure to join the community, join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And don't forget, you can actually watch today's new episode and all of our episodes on our brand new YouTube channel. Click that link in the show notes to subscribe and tune in. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you right back here next week for another Seek the Joy Tuesday.